Okay, Joe, so so what's this show all about? This is really our audio journal and the mindset of a mid-early career, highly ambitious individual, tons of different interests in the world. High career aspirations, trying to fit it all together, right? Yeah, trying to be good at life and work and consuming a ton of content to make it that way. What are the things that are dominating your mind space? What are you excited about? We're just going to document that in audio format. Just bring you into the fold of the life of, of two highly ambitious people that care about a lot of things and try to cram it all together. And I think my hope is that you find something relevant and that we find little insights from each other and inside of just externalizing our, our thoughts that give us, oh, that's a piece of clarity. And oh, that's, oh, I haven't thought about it that way before. And hopefully it's just like real and authentic and raw commentary around the life of mid-level professionals. Let's go embrace the mess. What should it be? The invention of mutual funds, of electronically trained ETFs, is the invention of the 20th century. Just like out of pocket, like just diversification right there for you kind of thing? Yeah, because the guy who founded Vanguard is who invented that. And before that, you literally just like traded stocks. Can I say that it's a little frustrating some of the things that you randomly know? Is it? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like, whether it's like knowing that the guy who started Vanguard created the ETF or like knowing some fucking quote from some philosopher (laughs) and you just like weave it into a business conversation, I'm like, this guy. This guy. Pretentious (laughs) is the word I would use. Exactly. You can be pretentious about like random knowledge, whereas I am about, I don't know, like fancy shit. No, but you're not pretentious about fancy shit. You just know everything about fancy shit. Yeah. And you know brands that I've never heard of, which is lovely. I try and monitor myself because I could very easily like, uh, ignore the like privilege that goes into yeah, the yeah, yeah. interest that I have. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. So Reed. Yes. On this show, we're going to kick things off with what we're excited about in our personal life. Because okay. remember, the idea here is that if we were listening to the show, that we would enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try this run of show. We're going to see how it rolls. Let's give it a shot. You started to talk about before we hit record an an Advent running. Yes. I imagine you mean Advent like the Christian period before Christmas. Yes. So preparation for Christmas, Advent. So where this started was when I lived in London, I ran with probably six run clubs, and one of them was Advent running. And it was a run club that existed all the time, ran a couple times a week. We had these amazing uh, 6 a.m. bagel runs where we started and ended at a bagel shop. Oh, amazing. I um, just had a bagel. I should have, They're but I didn't, great. I didn't. Okay. Quick tangent. Yeah. I did not eat before my run this morning Ooh. and then I didn't eat for like the next hour afterwards. And I was nauseous walking into the building. Today. Yeah. I almost like stopped halfway here to like sit down and eat a protein bar because I felt so bad. <laughs> halfway here for those of you listening is um, <laughs> a block, a block. <laughs> um, all that to say, so Advent running club, what it was really built around is the idea of running every single day, December 1st through Christmas. Mm. And that, and can in some forms it used like you can use it as doing some sort of exercise, some sort of fitness every day. But then when I got to the point where I was running more regularly, it became I want to run every day. So I run at least one mile every day, December first, including Christmas through Christmas. Oh, interesting. And it, of course, it used to be like a 
this huge thing for me. Now I run every day anyway, so yeah. it's like whatever. Uh, but it's just kind of a fun thing because I've been taking maybe like a day off every two weeks kind of thing recently. Um, so it's still fun to like have a little bit of challenge, get other people to do it. My cousin's doing it. I told John uh, at our office about it and he's interested maybe next year. Uh, so that he has is, six kids to navigate. Yeah, exactly. So he's got a lot of life to figure out. Yeah, we we meet to run at the office, but uh, this morning I was like, dude, why don't I just come to you? Like, you need the thirty more minutes in yeah. your morning a lot more than I do. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. Um, but yeah, so that is something that I think will help me will help kickstart my training for the marathon that I signed up for. So I'm doing my first marathon uh, in April of twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, and given it's too early to technically do a marathon training block yeah. this far out, you, but to just you like, want to start in January though, right? Wouldn't you want 12 weeks? 12, 16 weeks is like a normal Cause you'll range. also want two weeks of taper. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now given I'm not as concerned about doing a true training block because I'm not going to race this. I don't have that level of fitness. Uh-huh. Like two years ago, I would have said I wanted to do a Boston qualifier. Sure. That's not going to be my world right now. And I could probably, if I just run like 35 to 55 miles a week like i could do the marathon yeah you'll make the marathon so it'll be like a sort of running block sure or training block um but this will just sort of help kickstart that that motivation i guess so and especially since i don't love running right now like i'm a little just bored with it having what what is it what's making you not love it compared to when you have it's probably honestly just a lack of variety because okay. I run the same geography. I'm yeah. I'm fairly unwilling to drive to do my runs. Sure. I just like going out the door and doing it, getting it done I mean, quick. There's a lot why, of reasons. That's why I don't do road cycling as much because yeah. it's just a time thing. Um, but I have now run the same five routes hundreds of times each. And it just gets a little like redundant. So like today when I ran with John at 6 a.m. and we crushed his PR, like, yeah, I'm loving it. I went and I ran a few more miles because I was just amped up and excited. But generally I just have a lot of days right now where I, I like leaving work at, you know, four to go do my normal run time. And I'm just like, "Ah, this is forced. Is it, is it also that, you know, you're, this is a leading question, but it, it could not be the case. That you're like, I'm right before I start a real training block. And so there's almost like this why train before I start my real training block. Interestingly enough, I've just started to regain fitness from my year of like fatigue issues, long COVID, all that kind of thing. Yeah, you had a gnarly bout. It was truly 12 months of garbage performance. Like completely lost my fitness. Well, and you tracked that too, right? In Mm -hmm. terms of like, it wasn't like you're like, oh, I just don't feel good. Like your heart rate was skyrocketing. Heart rate was on average like... 15, 20 beats a minute higher at a given pace compared to before. Could you just not breathe? Uh, It was a lot of things. It felt more like central nervous system type of like everything was just tired, like Uh heart rate higher, breathing maybe more labored, but like just fatigue and that kind of thing. You know, it's interesting. I don't know a ton about that. Mm -hmm. So I won't profess to be like, I know all about the CNS, but I know a little bit about when your body feels like threatened, it will not appropriate resources to, to make it sort of layman's terms toward performance mm-hmm. it will prioritize like, prioritize what it needs to survive when it feels like it's under attack yeah i wonder how long you actually were fighting something at some point you i'm sure I mean? it was also mental mm. but there was a point where i don't know within the last like month and a half all of a sudden started to feel a little better i was like doing runs with paces in the sevens <sighs> on average and didn't feel as fatigued when i would yeah. start the next day and that kind of thing so it has started to 
to come around a little bit. That's good. Um, Is that relieving? I don't know. Ish, because I'm still so far from where I was. Uh Like, you know, I ran a 128 half marathon in uh, a year ago, and I'm nowhere near that now. Yeah, but... but Aren't you like, oh, now I can start? Because I feel like yeah, for I can a while start we, were conversa- we were having conversations. You're like, I just don't know how I'm going to get back there because I still I still feel mm-hmm. like garbage. Yeah. I have now, I'm like, oh, maybe I should go do some speed work again and that kind of thing. You kind of like had an ACL injury. Yeah. That's a little bit of what it was. It's like I had a year, I had nine months where I could not perform mm-hmm. because I tore a ligament. And all that to say is I've started to feel good and I was thinking, well, do I start doing my normal ramp up? Like yeah. 10% more mileage a week. I was like, but that's way too early. Way too early. And I don't want to hit peak mileage and still be a month and a half out from my race. And so I'm like, right now, I'm, I'll just like be okay with 30 to 40 miles a week and not worry about yeah. it and that kind of thing. Do you like training on Christmas? No. that yeah. I actually hate that run. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm always up early. Uh, I frequently will go and stay at my parents' place for that, yeah. that evening. Um, but getting up at like 5.30, 5 a.m., 5.30, Christmas morning to go do a run. I've done it four years in a row now and I've enjoyed it maybe one of those times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the idea of like just relaxing, getting up, having like doing the thing, having the food and whatever. There's but. something about, you know what, you know what's interesting? I feel like if you didn't run all the time, you'd enjoy it on that day. Maybe. There's something about making the holiday different than a normal day that I think matters. Yeah. And so that it feels yes, different. that is probably a huge. I've never even thought about that, but yes, there's I'm like, two days a year I will not slug. train. Christmas, twenty fourth and twenty fifth of December, I will uh, not really hit any sort of workout on the twenty fourth or twenty fifth of December. And it, so it's for me, it's a balance, right? Because that I think that's actually totally a thing. Is it makes it feel more like a normal day, which makes yeah. it less exciting. Yeah. And yet, I love the fact that I'm running when there's nobody else doing it. That's a that's a you six a.m. on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> six a.m. on Christmas. Who's running? No one. I am. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it? Like a maybe an ego thing. Well, it's um, also the moment. Like for for me, the twenty fourth. The twenty fourth is my favorite day of the year. Growing up, and probably still is. Um, but I kick off my day very early. But I just cook for like six hours. Oh yeah. We have like a. At my dad's place, we do a big Christmas Eve party, and it's like all finger food, mm-hmm. and so it's like holiday meatballs and stuffed mushrooms, and you know bites of this and shrimp yes. cocktail and stuff like that. And so, like, I typically get up. I'm like you. I'm up fairly early. Not I'm not quite as early as you are, but I normally up around six thirty, and I'm in the kitchen by like seven. And what's really fun is I'll like turn Christmas music on. I'll start cooking. Nobody else is awake. Oh, I'm the only early riser in my family. My, my mom was a, was a morning person, but she passed away, you know, man, eight, almost nine years ago now. And, um, and so nobody's awake, just me. And I have like a solid hour and a half. Nobody's awake. Delightful. I'm in like, I'm in like my childhood Christmas, you know, like it's a yes, little bit of like a, uh-huh. like whoop, back to time machine, back to what, when you were younger, which is super fun for me. So I just, I just don't, I don't make time in those two days to train. That's and and right I, I sort of like anticipate not doing it you know Uh what i mean which is kind of nice i'll take the day after off Uh one day (laughs) (laughs) oh my huge break it's funny i actually go right back into it the 26 i like to get back well then you've had like all the junk it's like two days of just like debauchery yeah (laughs) just you know just like eating everything in sight and and drinking alcohol and just all the things 
So that's my running world. What about you? What's um, happening? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. It's today's mine and Katie's uh, fifth year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's big. It is. Five. Yeah, five is a year, right? That's a thing. So that's cool. Um, and this was really funny. This shows how in touch I am with like traditional things. You know how there's like gifts for every anniversary? And it's a different thing. And it's like a different paper thing. paper and Exa- whatever. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, I, for some reason, thought that five was aluminum. Because there is one that's aluminum. I think it's yeah. three. And I was like, oh, like that's cool. She needs new headphones. I'll get her AirPod Maxes, which are made of aluminum. <laughs> So then, and then, uh, so I gave him to her on her birthday, which is in November. And I was like, Hey, this is like kind of anniversary and birthday. Cause I mean, they're, they're ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Headphones. And I was like, but I looked it up before, like the, the moment before I gave him, I was like, wait a second. And I looked it up. Why I didn't Google this before? I don't know. And it was like, what is the fifth year present? It's like wood. And I was like, mm, cool, cool, brilliant. Cool. So yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I was going to say, like, tell me you're a privileged millennial without telling me you're privileged millennials. Oh like, God. For the aluminum, yeah, I was going to do AirPod I Maxes. Air- I know it's it's one of those things where it's like pinch myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like when you're in school and you're like, oh, I wonder what my life is going to look like. I hope I can like do anything, eat not ramen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, and I'm like, oh, I think I'll just get my wife AirPod Maxes on a whim. It's it's like dumb. It's yeah. dumb privilege. We also don't have kids, so like our expenses are. And we bought into the we bought our house right before COVID, so everything's just like it worked. It out. worked out. So did you do anything wood? <clears throat> Um, what I'm going to do is we need some furniture. Mm-hmm. Need is a strong statement. Yeah. We want to upgrade some furniture. Same. So I'm going to say like, that's our anniversary present. Oh, that's it's great. Like, we have to do it anyway. Yeah. It's like a, it'd be like a good way to be like, and let's trigger and actually do it. Cause we'll be like, oh, we should get this thing. And then it's like so expensive that we're just like, don't want to, don't want to, mm-hmm. but I want to. So, you know what? Yeah. I wish it was aluminum because you know, it probably has that. That espresso machine. That espresso machine almost certainly has aluminum. I would have done it if it was metal. That would have been a great thing. You know, I'm going to find one. Anniversary myself. I'm going to like <laughs> find a portafilter handle with that's got wood on it just to like make a reason for you to buy that. There you go. This has, well, all the La Marzocos have wood on them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah, fuck it. There you go. We you can up, buy we can the, get- <laughs> the nicest couch at Crate and Barrel or I can buy an espresso machine from yeah. La Marzocco. Uh-huh. <laughs> So that'll be fun. So we're doing stuff with that. Well, the thing that is actually pretty cool. Um, when I was in school, I worked for a really boutique winery out of Napa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this was $100 bottles kind of thing. And the guy who owned it when I was graduating gave me a three bo- uh, a three bottle box, commemorative box. So it's like, a, I think online it sold for 500 bucks. It's a really nice bottle, really nice bottles of wine. And uh, they no longer exist. Because Gallo bought their property mm. and then jacked their prices up for rent and grapes and everything. So they were like, well, this is no longer economically viable. And I have one bottle left. And the name of the company is Decades Five, the fifth year. No way. One bottle left. So we're going to open that tomorrow, which will be awesome. I mean, it is exquisite wine. Like, I'm going to nerd for a second. It's it's a grape that is only grows well in Napa. It's called Petit Verdot, which mm-hmm. means little yep. green, right? In France, it is the fifth varietal in Bordeaux, and it it is like the color of my iPad black. Like it pours inky, but then it tastes most similar to like Pinot Noir. Hmm. So you're looking at this like really dark inky grape, and then it's somehow light and like fruit forward and kind of acidic. It, it is just phenomenal. It's I, phenomenal. You know, I'm somebody who essentially doesn't drink. I don't not right. drink, but. You're making me really want wine right now. Dude, 
I've gone through the, so I did a dry month. Um, was it last October? I think it was last October. Sober so not, October. not this year, not this year of like, but 2021, I like had a, I signed up for a CrossFit competition. Um, I had been kind of wanting to not drink for a month and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like towards the end of October. So I think like we had our Oktoberfest party at my house where I drink. I actually don't drink heavier than that ever. That is like the night that I just like drink, which for me is <laughs> a comically low amount compared to others. But um, I was like, okay, I'll take a month. And I didn't have any alcohol for a month. And when I tell you I felt zero difference, zero, nil, no difference whatsoever in not having alcohol and having alcohol in the amount that I currently have it. Well, here's the thing. So mini tangent, right? Yeah, yeah. You're somebody who's well above average fitness in general yeah. and you have balance in these things, right? One of the downsides of alcohol is that your body puts energy into burning that alcohol off and deprioritizes burning the calories from your food. So we're like people who yeah. don't have a good diet and don't yeah. have the balance, like them stopping drinking will be great because they have those other vices that play into the equation. I have but this, you have balance. So I have this like, theory. Yes, this is right. This is it. Is that we, we, we correlate things as a cause when they're actually like, you're not seeing all the impact that's going around them. Yeah. Like to your point, um, it's a lot, how much worse is your hangover when you drink and eat crappy? Yeah. Bad. Like if I drink, let's say four drinks, which is like a lot for me. Let's say I have four beers and I have like two slices of cake. And I'm talking like big slice. I'm not talking like, oh, I had two bites of cake. I mean like, like have some dessert. Yeah. I feel markedly worse than just having four beers. Because it's the sugar content. The sugar right? just, content. Like just like when you have alcohol. It's just like the heaviness. Have, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just like the overall caloric consumption is so much that I think digestion goes like to crap. Mm-hmm. And then you think about like, think about college for a second. I don't, maybe not for you, but for me. Mm-hmm. The all, first year of college for me. All of my worst decisions uh, from like a nutritional standpoint are made when dr- drunk. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's 3 a.m. We've been partying all night. I'll stop at the pizza shop on the way home. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. it's like three o'clock in the morning. You've had like 12 beers, some shots. You're like, borderline blackout and they're like i'm gonna eat some pizza to sober up and then you like go to sleep at four o'clock in the morning like this is this is how you feel like crap it's compounded but now like when i you know i'm 29 years old i live in the suburbs i live in indianapolis i'm not a suburbanite but i am kind of a suburbanite when i you when behave I, like a suburbanite. when i drink it i'm still in bed at like 11 p.m and i'm not like smashing slices of pizza jalapeno poppers yeah. at 1 a.m <laughs> exactly yeah. This actually is a good segue to, I have content, I have commentary around. Okay. But I want to hear yours first because I've been talking for the last while. What's content you've been loving or hating in the last week or so? Because what I want to get in this this thing is like, there's so much out there. You know, we yep. talked about this, like people like us listen to things like potentially, you know, Rogan and actually I don't know even Rogan Lister, but you know, people listen to yep. Rogan and uh, Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss and Andrew Huberman and Adam Grant's podcast and like all these Andy Frisea, like all these people who have like thoughts and suggestions and things you should go do Mm -hmm. and filtering through all the content is a full-time job. Well, admittedly, so for me, and we've talked about this outside of the podcast is frequently the way that I consume audio content and podcast content is not as much for education because I feel like I'm constantly cramming information in all the time. So really podcasts for me become more around entertainment and story and that kind of thing. So like, three of the main podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis are all automotive. 
Yeah. Right? So we have uh, Behind the Glass, which is a UK-based podcast with a, a guy who's um, a content creator in the automotive space and, and a friend who uh, runs a car dealership. Did you UK. love Top Gear? The original the British, original top, British gear top Gear Clarkson, Hammond, and May. Yes, that I may show die hard. Was amazing. Like seen every episode multiple times. Oh, good. Follow them through. Like I could nerd out on Top Gear for ages. We'll talk about that. And because I'm a huge automotive guy too. Yeah. But yes. And Grand Tour, not new Top Gear UK. No, and new top definitely gear is not Top Gear. Top Gear USA. America is the worst yeah. thing of. It's the worst show ever created. Yeah. Sorry. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, so that's one. Um, I listened to Spike's Car Radio. So Spike Ferriston, writer on Seinfeld. Uh, does it with uh, a couple of guys. Jerry Seinfeld's a, a regular on there. Right. A couple automotive journalists. Uh, it's a really good, entertaining show. Uh, and then also uh, the Smoking Tire podcast. Do they too. talk about like new cars coming out? Like, what are the topics they get into? All sorts of stuff. So I would say mm, the majority, all three of these, they're automotive podcasts, but they embrace tangents. Okay. So social commentary, you name it. Uh, it, it, it sort of goes all over the place. But yes, makes sense all three of these shows have automotive journalists or content creators in them. Are they talking about the new 911T that came out? Yes. Mm. Are they talking about their driving experience with the new BMW M2 competition? Sure. Yeah. And yet that's like a third of the content. And then the rest of it is more like the banter, the rapport, right. story, all that kind of stuff. Because they've become like friends a little bit. Yeah. It uh, really, it's interesting how that works. When I was in, when I was studying abroad, um, you kind of go through the like, I don't know, did you experience that like two week period when you first get somewhere? Like, because you were in London for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you have like that period where you're like, oh, I'm intensely homesick? Uh, maybe I, I'd have to think. Maybe, maybe you didn't. I'm, yeah, imagine I if know. you don't really remember it, you probably didn't. Good for you. Yeah. I did. I had this like two week period where I was like, all I want to do is go home. Which is really weird for me. I anticipated not having that at all. I was mm -hmm. pumped to go. And then it was like, uncomfortable. And one of the things that became really important for me was at that point in time, um, ESPN radio had two absolutely fantastic shows. They had Mike and Mike in the morning still existed and they had the Scott Van Pelt show. Yep. So now SVP is like a midnight host for sports center. But back in the day he had a, I think he was on at like 2 PM. So him and Ryan Rosillo was his co-host at the time and they would just take the show and make it a podcast. This was like early podcasting, you know, 2015. Mm -hmm. And then Mike and Mike was a radio show that was 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day. Oh, that show was so good. It so it's your so bit much. of comfort, your bit of And I would like walk normal. home mm -hmm. from class and like plug it in and I would listen for like 45 minutes to the show and then on the way back I'd listen again, you know, and it would be like I had a couple hours of each and I would walk around the city and it was it was like comforting. It was like they were my friends. Mm -hmm. I remember like when they they canceled Mike and Mike and like broke it up and split up Golik and Green Greeny for like I think it was only a few months after I got home and I was just like crushed. I was like, oh, this feels like losing like a like a friend. It becomes a part of your routine. It really does. Yeah. A lot of content creators talk about this concept where when they meet people and they meet fans, it's a really weird dynamic in that they put out so much stuff that the fans feel like they know them personally. Yeah. And then they you have never met this human before. Yeah. So if you've been making a show for 10 years, people know a lot about you. And yet it's a stranger, so it creates a really weird dynamic. But it's so true of like they become a part of your world. Well, but if and if you don't, if you're the content creator and you won't be honest on the show and talk about real things and like tell about yourself, nobody will listen. Yeah. So you have to. It's an unavoidable thing. It's an unavoidable but it's just thing. Kind of an interesting. It's a dynamic. very interesting dynamic. I imagine musicians feel that in a. Oh yeah. Like so. Okay, Taylor Swift tickets, right? Mm -hmm. We're huge Swifties in our family. Um, Katie's going with a couple girlfriends to the one in Arizona because that's where she got tickets for. 
they were like, let's shoot for Arizona. One of their friends is on West Coast. I don't know how she managed to get these, dude. Like, getting Taylor Swift tickets is like a winning a lottery at this mm-hmm. point. And one of the things you can buy is, you know, VIP access to meet Taylor. There, it's like a few thousand dollars. Did not do it. But I cannot imagine, like, the millions and millions and millions of people who are obsessed with you. And then, you know, a very small subset of that million, million who are the most obsessed with you pay an incredible amount of money to, to meet you for like four minutes. And what walking into that room must be like just the Bizarre. weirdest feeling ever. Terrible, probably. Probably <laughs> terrible. It's probably the worst part of the job. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's awesome. Maybe they're like, maybe they're like, this is so cool that like you people enable me to do this. Like I remember when I was at the Harry Styles concert and he was like, it was really funny. He, he said at the end, he was like, I just want to thank everybody for coming out. You know, the only reason I get to do this is because you guys choose to listen to my music. And otherwise, it would just be me in an empty room singing. And he's like, very different vibe. Mm-hmm. Very different vibe. And it was like really funny, you know, but it's like. I feel like most people true. actually are appreciative of yeah. that. People who reach that. Like you see that there's, you know, bad actors or whatever. But sure. like, yeah, for sure. Also, there's one quick, Kanye for like every 10, Harry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, one mini tangent. You Please. just sort of made me remember this story. But uh, speaking of first getting to my abroad program, the only thing that I remember about the initial experience is that. I'd done some international travel, but this was a whole different thing of like moving to London for an extended period of time. And I went out for a run the first night I was there. Mm. So like complete stranger, never been in London before, except for when I was like 14 or yeah. whatever. Um, had a phone. I don't think I had a SIM card and like had international data yet. So no GPS, no nothing. Yeah. And I'd literally been in London for like 12 hours and I'm like, I'm going to go for a run tonight. And it was pitch black <laughs> in this city that I was so uncomfortable in. Like worst run of my life was oh, like petrified. Ter- I about to say, were you yeah. terrified? Uh-huh. Dude, yeah. totally. I was like, why the hell did I do this? So I ran like, like, it's, not, it's not like you're in like, I don't know. I mean, I come from a Midwest suburban environment yeah. and I'm in giant city on the other side of the world. It's like running in New York City. Like you could yeah. run into the wrong part of town and be in yeah. trouble. <laughs> so I remember running like, a mile and then I sort of started to walk. I was like, this is a really stupid idea and I didn't know where I was going and if I went any further, I probably wouldn't be able to backtrack. I was like, I'm done. Turn around. Turn around. Yeah. So that's my little, I didn't, I don't think I had homesickness, but I was overly ambitious. Yeah. And given I came to like know the city because I traveled around Europe less during that time than most people because I really wanted to like become a part of London. I did the same thing. So I I had three trips. I hung out with locals the whole time. I had six run groups in London. Many of the people that I still am in touch with today are from London. I probably have more relationships overseas than I do here. Like That's amazing. It, I truly, it became a place where I felt at home. I could walk around, yeah. could navigate, knew the systems, everything. Like I loved, I became a part of that city. And How I long just were you there? Like six different. months? Three uh, months? Four? four? Was it a semester? Four, yeah. I, yeah, in hindsight, I really wish I had done a semester. Actually, I don't because doing a semester would have been... Um, I would have had to not play, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for mm. with soccer, it's a little But even if I would have done my last semester, if I would have done that abroad, I actually would have... That that semester was so meaningful from a relationship standpoint with my three roommates, mm-hmm. or like my best friends. Like, I would not trade that four months for pretty much anything. Like, that was a very magical experience. But at the same time, following my two weeks of intense homesickness... And then you know what I did? I did the same thing. I joined a CrossFit gym. I made some local friends because I was like, I'm here to like meet people who live in Barcelona, experience who they are, 
learn this city, experience different culture. Like what I didn't want to do is be like, I'm going to be American in Spain. You Every, I mean? Everybody I knew went to London and then every weekend traveled to another country and yeah. never got to know anything about the city they yeah. were in. And like, I, I traveled, let's see, I went, one of my friends, his family owns property in Italy. Sounds so bougie. <laughs> his grandparents are Italian. So his family has a house in Milan yeah. and they were overseas. They go back to Italy every other summer. And he and his siblings who I grew up knowing were in Venice the same summer I was in Barcelona. So I flew and saw them and I wanted to go to Venice. So like slept on the floor of their apartment that they had rented, which was amazing. Super cool. My cousin happened to be in Brussels while I was overseas. So I went and saw her. I didn't like Belgium, side note. So I was happy to see them go out of the World Cup yesterday. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Second ranked team in the world. Don't get out of the group stage. Just the best. Um, and then I went to Ireland because I always wanted to go to Ireland for like 36 hours by myself. Other than that, I spent every other moment I could in the city for the same reason. It was like I wanted to be there. I wanted to. And then by the time I was ready to leave, I was like, oh, I could have done like five, six months here. Yeah. And like really gotten ingrained in it. I was just starting to dream in Spanish. So like my fluency had been mm. like a different level of fluency. I would not trade it for anything. Yeah. And that's where I like really fell in love with running. So I would even dedicate like my fitness journey to London. It's where CrossFit became very important to me. One it of the was guys, the first yeah. really important CrossFit experience for me. One of I, the guys I yeah. ran with uh, was CMO of a, a coffee company. That's where I got into coffee. Oh, like anything that I'm yeah. interested in today. It came from that. came from that. Have you been back to London since? Mm-mm. When are you going to go? When I'm not too frugal to go. <laughs> Dude, one of these watches that you want to buy pays we'll cover for like a two trips. trip to London. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I, uh, I'm Katie, like, I can't afford to go to London, but I want a Profitex espresso <laughs> machine. Katie and I are having planned to go to Barcelona, and but man, I have been wanting to go to London for a very long time. Have you ever been? No. I but mean, I talk, I, it is the but best. I, the problem I have is that we talk about like we talk about Spain, talk about Barcelona and she's never seen any of it. And I really, and she was like, I really want to see it. And I was like, I would love to see it. Yes. But at the same time we were just talking about yesterday, we were sitting on our couch and, um, you know, almost by force, she has had to turn into a little bit of a mini EPL fan Mm -hmm. in the sense of like, it's Saturday morning. The games are on. We're sitting, having coffee. She's playing on her phone or reading a book or whatever, but like the games are on. And so she hears me like, bitching about something that's going on in the EPL. And she mentioned, she's like, it'd be really cool to go to a game. And I was like, yes, yes it would. And it'd be so sick. It'd be yes. so sick. And we want to go in September. Perfect Premier League time. Like, that's one thing I didn't do that. You didn't do one? I don't know if, I'm trying to think of you the Champions League game. There. Nothing. So here's the thing. I had, my coolest thing was that the first half marathon I ever ran ended in Wembley Stadium. Oh, that's sick. Finish line on the field. On the Wembley. field at Wembley. Coolest thing ever, right? But I never went to a game. Oh. And you know that environment is something different. And I used to be a big Premier League guy. Yeah. Um, you were a United fan, right? I was a United fan. We all make life choices that are bad. It's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but that's something I want to do. Yeah. That'd be very cool. That'd we'll make it happen cool. at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. Know? We should. That would be fun. That we would be. do that. Talk about like this on the road. That would be cool. Speaking of, I like, said so that automotive podcast yeah. I listened to. They did, those two guys did a trip to L.A., so they were doing like the LA Auto Show was going on, and then they did live shows in LA. So it's like podcasting, traveling, this whole thing. It's like that's that's, that's a, the dream. That's a dream. Yeah. Um, I have a 
I have a thing to talk about from a content standpoint. So I've been reading, it's a super old book at this point, which I'm trying to keep in mind as I critique it. You're like, have you heard of The Tipping Point? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, just, it's a book called The Blue Zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And it was actually funny. I got it from our public library. Shout out, Nora Public Library. Wow. And uh, the front cover had a quote from Dr. Oz on it as a referral. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in the trash. Mistakes have been made. And it has been better than Dr. Oz would make it would make you anticipate it being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are things I mentioned earlier, this like correlation versus causation thing yep. that are driving me up a wall. They're driving me up a wall because people, who, the guy who wrote the book is um, like a national geographic uh, grant recipient or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then he's traveling with like MDs and he's interviewing doctors and they're saying things that are, that are proven false, like proven false. For example, You are more likely to store meat protein as fat. This is not true. This is this is this is wrong. This is a false statement. There is nothing ever in any study that has shown that to be true. Ever, and they're talking about how a vegetarian diet it will make you live longer. This is this is correlation, not causation. There's a couple things that are really important to keep in mind here. Number one, there is healthy person bias. So you're running, you're running around the world interviewing and looking at centenarians. People, and basically it's a cool idea. It's like this location has a disproportionate number of centenarians in relation to both its, its locale and its country and the world. We'll call that a blue zone. Let's go study them. Cool idea. Hence why I read the book. But there's this real healthy person bias that's going on here that's not taking into account like their full their full picture of their life. Mm-hmm. You're deciding like, wow, I think it's like, they literally, he recounts this conversation they had in a car where they're like, what do you think makes them live so long? And I'm like, um, everything. Yeah, they're like, everything. they have a vegetarian diet, but they like meditate every day and get nine hours of sleep and have healthy habits and all the food they consume is locally sourced. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, but the only thing is really the vegetarian they're diet. They're like, oh, right? it's just so important. You know, you stay away from saturated fat. And I'm like, have you guys not seen new studies like what and also at the same time do you know what like meta-analyses have shown the largest indicator of longevity is retained muscle mass do you know you cannot get without protein retained muscle mass and i'm not saying you i i I don't actually think there is any benefit either way between vegetarian or meat-based diets like they're both great if you are able to hit your sufficient protein numbers and 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 this is the one shout out lane norton Amazing. If you haven't listened to the Andrew Huberman and Lane Norton podcast, need four hours of need. You never need to consume any other nutrition content in your life. If you listen to that podcast, it's four hours and you're done. <laughs> it's, it's it. But one thing he talked about, because his job is to literally review like big research studies out of the best universities in the world. Is he's like the thing that they have been able to show over and over again is dietary fiber is is hugely important for longevity mm-hmm. and so these people are talking about like well, they eat so many vegetables it's like they get tons of fiber and if you look at a standard western diet where like let's just take maybe this isn't standard but let's just presume that it's kind of standard let's say you have like a muffin in the morning and a piece of fruit and then your lunch is like a sandwich and then you have a snack of let's say let, I mean, people do a pretty decent job but let's say they have like a greek yogurt and some nuts and then dinner is like a 
homemade burger with some lettuce and tomato on top, a side of green beans and some, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Well, like you really have probably had like 20 to 30 grams of fiber in that whole thing. And like, that's okay. But if you do any worse than that, you haven't had much at all. And if you just eat more plants, you would just have a lot more fiber. Yep. This is a thing like he talks about on this, you know, this is a PhD in biochem talking about what happens in your body when you eat fiber. And I have like, beat that drum so many times dude. when people I know that are middle age or whatever, right? And I say those things of like, it is really important for you to lift. <sighs> and whether that's like being at home with like lightweight dumbbells, bodyweight workouts, whatever, I'm like, just please, 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 please do some sort of activity. Activity. Yes. And yet, I get all worked up about it. I get, dude, it's, oh, but I feel like that's a whole subject for another show. We could dive. On we like could get really deep. It's, just, it's, it's one of those things. Like the point I'm trying to make in all this ranting about the content is like people can say anything they want to if they have MD after their name. Yeah. And people will take it as fact. And the thing that I have a problem with there, and I have two sisters who are MDs. Let me tell you how much nutrition prep they get. Almost none. Almost zero. Which is fine. I actually don't need them to be brilliant nutritionists. I need them to like know how to save a life when you like have ovarian cancer mm-hmm. is what my sister does. Like I would much rather have her spend all of her 12 years of medical school learning about how to treat that sort of thing than learning what kind of food to eat. Cause it's not that complicated, but people get some level of credibility and then they're trusted and with then they're their trusted. opinion on all things. And then they say things like, well, it's all about eliminating meat. You know, don't have meat more than once or twice a week. I'm like, that is such crap. This is such crap. Anyway, <laughs> that's my rant for the week. Awesome. Well, we have some more stuff to dive into. Yes. So our, our, our topic for the day that we wanted to get into because of the time of year is balancing work, life, exercise. Yes. Right? Even just work and exercise. Because what's the thing that drives you up a wall around this topic? People that make excuses because of time. Right. The time thing. Yeah. And then I think my commentary back is like, it's easier for us because we don't have kids. Right? Yeah. This is a true story. But people have kids and stay fit. Mm-hmm. I've got a friend at the gym I go to. He's a way better athlete than me. He'll he'll legitimately probably go to the CrossFit Games in a couple of years when he hits Masters status. The Masters being over thirty four. Yep. He has two kids. He has a full time hard job. He's a freak. The, you know what's hilarious? Uh, did you see Tiffany, our our CEO's LinkedIn post yesterday, day before? I don't think I did. Well, here you can rant for a minute about your fit friend and mm. I'll find this post for you. No, it's just a point around, like, I, I think there's there's both a reality of life gets harder, it gets more full, and prioritization becomes really difficult and it's easy to miss things. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reality of, like, this should still be a thing you prioritize. And you have to find a way to move your body. 100%. Okay, here we go. So Tiffany's post one day ago. Busy is an excuse, not a reason. Mm. Priorities are the reason. The reason you didn't blank is because you chose other things. Like, thank you. Yeah. Now, given you can, that can play into work, any number of things, right? I'm like, sleep is important, but when people say they don't have time to run, you can get a run in in 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. wake up 30 minutes earlier. This is actually the, the thing that just popped in my head. Two things. One, um, the conversation we had yesterday with Mark Caswell, 
mm-hmm. talking about um, like seasons. Okay, here's a truth. Between about November 10th and the end of the year, my life just gets very celebratory in nature. Katie's birthday is the 11th. We normally, you know, spend the weekend having fun, whatever amount of time we can. And then a week and a half later, it's Thanksgiving. And then you're in the holiday season. And like this December, we have our, so our anniversary is the beginning of December. We have a wedding the next week. There's always a party the next weekend. We have a work party. There's always a party the next weekend. There's a, And then there's a week of partying. So it's like there's celebrations for the next like six weeks. I know that in that season, it's going to be more challenging to like fully prioritize fitness as the focus. Mm-hmm. And in the past, it used to be like, I would fall off the rails a little bit because it was like, well, it just can't be perfect. So I'll do nothing. And like to your point of, you can get a run in 30 minutes. I'm like, if you've got 10, do 10 minutes of burpees. Like just do 10 minutes of burpees. I guarantee you will get a good workout in. Like in your world, you might not like PR everything January 1. No. (laughs) But you could definitely prevent a lot of fitness loss in that if you have some consistency. There's like that chart of like 1% improvement, 1% decrease. Mm -hmm. And you see like what happens over time. Well, it's like, yeah, we'd all love for that chart to actually be 1% better every day. But like the reality is, oh, I have a work trip. Okay, how can I hold the level? Yep. Or how can I not like dip? Or, oh, I've got a Christmas party to go to. Or we have this thing to celebrate. You know the thing that sucks is when you start, because this is me for a really long time, is when you start ruining the experience of the thing that you're supposed to be doing because you're stressed about the thing that you're not doing instead. That is me always. Oh, dude, I used to be there. Every holiday gathering... I'm miserable because I'm thinking about how much fitness I'm losing as yeah. I'm eating these freaking cookies yeah. and whatever, right? And they, to a T. Always? Have you, how, always. How do you try to address this? Uh, I mean, I've just had a more healthy mindset about all of it for probably like a year now uh-huh. or something like that. Um, but it used to be like, there's a combination of things. So I, I care a lot about doing things for people and... Mm-hmm. So, for instance, whenever we'd have gatherings at, at family members' houses, we would, like, finish dinner and everybody would go play games and I would wash dishes for mm. two hours because I did not want the people that were hosting this thing being so gracious to have to then spend until midnight cleaning the dishes. I do the same thing. Right. That was, A part of that also, if I'm honest with myself, was a mechanism to not allow myself to go indulge on things. Right. It's because like I would if feel I'm not guilty. playing games with cookies next to me, instead of washing dishes, I won't have the temptation of exactly. grabbing all of it yeah and because i know myself that if i have one of any vice i will have a hundred dude that I, vice. I am that way i know i will <laughs> tell myself and other people like i can't have a cookie because if i do we're gonna go to a deep dark place <laughs> and i'm gonna wake up in the morning and not know what the hell just happened and it happens every time yeah. i have a cookie and then i have 25 yeah i've basically gotten to the point in in with with sweets in general, that if it's not one that I really want, I just don't have it. Mm-hmm. And if it's almost, almost to a T, if it's not like made by somebody, I just don't eat it. Oh, I wish I was that case. But when it's made by someone, I do not beat myself up for eating 12. Mm, okay. So it's so like somebody homemade some nice dessert. And Christmas cookies are one of those core memories for me. <laughs> oh yeah. My grandma sends out she doesn't do it as much anymore. I mean, my, my grandpa's 90. She, I think she's 86 or seven. Wow. They're, they're, they're freaking awesome. And incredible amounts of independence for that age. It's, it's fantastic. And sharp with it, super blessed. Everybody's super blessed. They're blessed to be in that position. But back in the day, you know, when she was like in her 60s, she would make 
countless tins of Christmas cookies. And when I say tins, I mean these like, like, you know, if you go to the store and you buy like the butter cookies that are in like the little mm-hmm. aluminum case, yep. she would like save those and then she would pack them full of cookies, wrap them in like cellophane yes, and ship the thing yes. up. And the, the core memory for me is opening it. The and then the smell is like, that. that is Christmas to me. Like that smell is the holiday. And so Christmas cookies have always been like a attachment to family for me. And I used to like be like, oh, I should like, you know, I shouldn't really have that many. And last year I was like, this is dumb. This is dumb. My, grandma, my grandma's 86 and 87. There is going to be a point in time in the not super distant future, I imagine, where she either cannot do this or she is no longer with us to do it. And that is, I am going to be like, are you glad you didn't have another cookie during December? No. And because if we are completely honest, there will be after a week, Zero, zero impact, impact on your fitness well this is one of the reasons that that podcast from lane norton was so amazing for me is that like i'm definitely somebody who will demonize ingredients yeah. for sure like i know that about myself like oh sugar's really bad for you it's like just calories dude dude yeah he was like well like he has this whole thing he goes on i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna butcher it it's so good you have to go listen to it where he just talks about the the fact the fact that no study has ever shown independently that any ingredient is bad for you Alcohol is actually a poison. Yes. But like, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> just don't overindulge. But like sugar, for example, it's not sugar. It's caloric density. Mm-hmm. It's not fat. It's caloric density. It's not sugar and fat. It's caloric density. Like when you get into, they actually have a term for this called energy toxicity. When you have overindulged, that is when things start going a little bit wrong. But it's like also to your point, in a week, it's not going to matter. Yeah. In a, in two days, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Like in a day, like you're going to wake up the next day with a stomach ache and that's as bad as it's going to be. Given this, in this context, we're generally speaking to people who are healthy right. and are right. have concerns. But like, if you have bad habits and you go further into these bad habits, that's a different thing. Yep. But if you're somebody who's like, cares about fitness, is an endurance athlete, lifting, whatever, and you like are petrified of what you're going to do in the holidays, who cares? Oh my gosh. And it, this is yes. like me saying something that I don't necessarily practice that well either. Like I still beat myself up. Yeah. But, which I think is hilarious because you talk about how it's the homemade things. I don't discriminate. Oh, no. Because people... <laughs> Don't discriminate. That's a great line. Anywhere that I go and people like see me eat a like an M&M, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, I know. I eating go through the an same M&M thing. Because yeah. he's fit and he's so rigid and whatever, right? It's like, I don't care. If it's peanut M&Ms, if it's crappy Hershey's chocolate, or if it's like homemade Texas vanilla sheet cake or tres leches, whatever, right? Like, yeah. I don't care. I will just consume it all. And it's one thing. So I say, like, I have one. If I have one, I'll have 12. Yeah. If I have one, I'll have 12 of 12 different things. Oh, nice. So it'll be like, I'll have a homemade cookie. Yeah. And then I will eat the entire bag of M&Ms and have 10 more cookies and one of every piece of pie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is just so off the rails from balancing fitness and work. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did get off the rails here. We're in a conversation about. I will put it. I will just put a stake in the ground. Okay. Yeah. It is prioritization. To me, like, do you have time to shower every day? <laughs> is that a non-negotiable? Great. Make this another shower. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, to think about how much time do we waste that we don't notice we're wasting. Nobody is so busy that they're like, you know, there's a stereotypical LinkedIn post of get up at 6 a.m., work out, have phone calls, do this, do that, right? And that's the way that people think their life works when they're trying to make excuses for not doing fitness is well I don't have time because I have this obligation and this and I'm busy with work and whatever like there is inefficiency in your day 
dude, well, you know, I, my phone just broke overnight. Woke up, no phone. I don't know. I've <laughs> seriously no idea what happened. And at first I was so frustrated because like my alarm didn't go off. So I was behind. And then I was like, all right, this is not that big of a deal. Like pretty quickly. I was like, this is not that big of a deal. It's a phone. People have lived for centuries without phones. We'll live. Now my, my job is pretty communication heavy. Mm-hmm. My only value to the organization is my ability to communicate. So <laughs> it's kind of important, that. but I have a, you know, I have a computer, I have an iPad, like there's other ways to communicate. But the thing that has struck me as exciting is that there is fluff in my day that I fill with crap. Same. Instagram, scrolling ESPN, 30 minutes between a meeting where I'm like, I need a mental break because if I go and work, I'm not going to show up well for this next thing. I need like, I need 15, 30, whatever to just sort of like unwind from that, get geared up for the next thing. But they've like, scrolling Instagram is not a way to get yourself geared up. And it also is inefficient. And so I'm actually kind of excited like this will not get fixed. They're not going to have a phone waiting for me at Verizon. Like these things are, are you have to wait for them. So like, I'm not going to have a phone for a period of time. I don't know how long it's going to be. And I'm almost like excited to be like, ah, oh, I wonder how much of my time I'm just going to be like, wow, I could spend 30 minutes training on this thing. Or, oh, there's this book that's missing on my shelf that I'm supposed to read that I need to read mm-hmm. to develop in some capacity that instead of like getting tempted by the scroll i can just sit down and be like well i got nothing else to do let's just do it and here's the thing so we've said before we don't have the excuse of kids right and yet and yet i understand the obligations i don't fully understand because i haven't experienced it but you know conceptually but everybody's like, got obligations everybody's obligations yeah. right so for instance people generally say that the two of us are very productive individuals yeah at work and outside of work yeah and yet both of us believe that there's a lot of fluff in our day that we can yeah. get out like <laughs> I work a decent amount. I have like two side gigs that take time for yeah. other revenue streams. I exercise every day, all these things, right? And yet I look at my day and I'm like, I could find two more hours of productivity in there. Totally. Easily. I mean, I can show you one, like last night was one of the rare times where, um, so I don't train on Thursdays, most days, most yep. weeks. And, um, we were going to go get a Christmas tree and then it was cold and Katie's not been feeling super awesome. So we were just like, yeah, we'll do it this weekend. And so I left work at like five and I was like, oh man, I've got a long, I've got a lot of time in my evening. And I was like, wow, I could do so many things. It was almost like overload of opportunity. So I took my dog on a long walk and I like watched the TV show that I wanted to watch. It's like somewhat holiday oriented. I'm like, man, I got a lot of time. But then I probably spent two hours doing nothing at all, like mm-hmm. scrolling. I was like, and then I got done with it. And I was like, oh, why did I do that? That's like. Which here's the thing. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Time. That is also fine. It is. That's totally fine. We've switched roles. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about you being the Goggins mentality. And right uh, now I'm sounding like it. <laughs> like, oh, I had 30 minutes that weren't productive in my yeah. day. All that to say, it's about using the different tools in your life to help make that fitness happen. So you're married and have kids. Mm -hmm. Can you have a conversation with your spouse about how you need this 30 minutes of time to prioritize and can they watch the kids for that period of time? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's an option for you. Maybe it's not. Again, I don't want to speak on behalf of people who have kids, but it's about building and prioritizing things 
in a way that allows you to have that. Could you technically maybe be more efficient with work and make 30 minutes less work in your day and then add fitness in by being a little bit more productive or efficient or just not getting as much done and putting as much pressure on yourself? Great. There's a little bit of like giving yourself permission. I think that's important. Yeah. I was, um, I was chatting with somebody the other day and I was like, and they do have a kid. And I said, um, well, like, could you just stick on your calendar like from 12 to one every day I'm unavailable and you just do a workout there or even like 12 to one thirty? like the, the reality is for most of us is, well, maybe this is wrong. Maybe this is just my reality is that I feel some amount of pressure around my schedule to like show that I'm working. Totally get it. And when we were talking to Mark yesterday, he mentioned Japanese culture. It's like there, there are pockets where it's like cool to sleep at your desk mm-hmm. and i think there's a world in which um people feel that where they're like well i have to show that i'm like productive and i'm busy and i'm doing all these things and part of it i think has to do with giving yourself permission to not be that like i'm i'm not taking nine meetings in a day and here's the thing there are environments where people are monitored for their like time mm-hmm. on hours on their laptop given those are shitty toxic work environments but they also normally are very specific like you log on at nine and you log off at five yeah i have a friend who's in that and like she's it's definitely not toxic for in her world but it is like restraining but it's like she knows like she will never be asked for anything before nine and she will never be asked for anything after five Mm -hmm. period hard stop done yeah and she will never be asked for anything between 12 and one there you go and so here's the thing right let's say you are a single parent of five kids who works in an environment where they monitor your productivity hours on your laptop and you can't be away for extended periods of time and you have after school obligations and you're on the board of a thing, right? Like there are Even situations. Even drop the board of the thing. Just leave it at the five kids and that. True. But all that to say yeah. is like there might be environments like that where it totally. truly is honestly challenging to fit fitness into the day. 100%. And yet the people I know who are like that fit it in. Well, the other thing I'd say too is like, give yourself a little bit of slack. If you're, if you have that kind of responsibility, it is likely that you're pretty active without being active. You know, like the idea of a modern gymnasium, you don't have to go to LA fitness for 90 minutes. If you have, if you are like running around, cleaning your house, playing with your kids, putting stuff away, making dinner, like the amount of activity you're doing is like pretty good. Yeah. You're, you're better than most people. You really are like, yeah, we still like, you know, structured exercise is great. It's great mentally. It's great physically. Like it's good for all these things. But to go back to seasons, if you're that person, you might just have a season in your life where structured fitness is going to be lesser. And then honestly, if we talk about like holistic health, then sure, prioritize your nutrition and be really healthy and you'll still be able to be generally fit, right? But I think that the real call to action here is to just really take a step back and be honest with the inefficiency in your day, your prioritization of different things. And like, if you feel like you don't have time to be fit and work and have a life, it's probably not true. Probably not true. There's inefficiency there somewhere. And, And I would say the one thing I'd add to that is don't get caught in the perfectionism of I need 90 minutes to go to the gym. I have to do all of this stuff. No. It's like, nah. You've do got body weight minutes. squats and push-ups. Seriously, just move. And some, go for a 10-minute walk. Like yeah. something that isn't, as we sit, something that isn't you just sitting in a chair from 6 a.m. when you wake up until 
10 p.m. when you go to sleep. Like move in some capacity in a way that has some intentionality around it and don't get caught up in perfectionism. If you've got time to do three sets of 10 squats, great. That's what you got time for. Yeah. And head will probably make you show up better everywhere else too. It will. Topic for next time. Not opinionated or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I enjoyed. That was fun. Hopefully it's not just complete garbage. We'll see.